All right, welcome guys uh, to podcast number three. This has been kind of a great learning experience for me. Uh, I love talking to people and I love interacting face to face. Uh, this whole thing about getting in front of a camera and recording my voice and all that stuff is completely brand new to me. What I wanna do today is um, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, chiropractic myths. And there are 10 of them that I listed. I think we're gonna tackle five of them today. And so as we go through this list, um, of course, the information is not going to be comprehensive necessarily, and a lot of this can be my opinion, uh, my based on my experience, my understanding, and, and uh, my education. And so, as we go through this, if you have questions about any of this stuff, feel free to post about it. You know, leave a comment or send me a, a message uh, through Facebook, or just you know, you can call and talk to me at the office as well. Uh, but there are five myths that I want to talk about today. First is that chiropractors are not real doctors. Second is chiropractic is dangerous. Third, adjustments are painful. Uh, four, once you start going, you have to go forever. And number five, chiropractic is expensive. So myths or misconceptions, I don't know. Some of that may be uh, may all be relative too. So let's uh, let's dive into this. Now, the first one is chiropractors are not real doctors. Now this, I'm not really that passionate about. Like if people want to call me Dr. Erickson, that's fine. If they don't, I have patients come in here and they call me Spencer. I always introduce myself as Dr. Erickson. I went to, I went to school for a lot of years and the degree that I received was doctor of chiropractic from uh, what was then called Western States Chiropractic College. It's now called University of Western States located in Portland, Oregon. And it is an accredited uh, chiropractic college. And so the degree that I received was doctor of chiropractic. So uh, as far as education goes, uh, it's very much, uh, classroom hours are very much on par with medical doctors. Uh, my understanding is that chiropractors typically have more classroom hours in the, in the third and fourth year, just because uh, medical students are off in doing clinicals and they're doing rotations and, and, and all the stuff that I don't really understand because I didn't do that. Uh, we did clinic while we were uh, also doing classroom hours. And so um, they didn't conflict. And so we were we were in remote locations. Our clinic was right at the uh, right at the student uh, uh, health center on campus. So uh, it's a, it was a much different experience. But you know we we received uh, some additional stuff like nutrition and you know some stuff that I know medical doctors uh, they they're really uh, that's not standard curriculum in medical school. Uh, so, like I said, I'm not real passionate about that particular myth. If people want to call me Dr. Erickson, you know, uh, or if people don't, then, you know, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I, I, I'm just who I am and uh, uh, just going to roll forward no matter what. Now, second, second myth, this one is, is interesting to me. It's called, and, and this myth is that chiropractic is dangerous. Now, um, years ago, uh, I guess there are a few different ways to tackle this one, but I, I, believe that years ago there was there was a misconception that chiropractors caused strokes there's an artery that goes up uh through the through the neck actions through the bones of the neck and it comes out the very top and then it circles up and goes into the base of the skull and that artery can have problems and there uh, there have been cases where chiropractors have been sued because of that artery being damaged now, I actually have uh, a really interesting experience that goes similar to this. Now, I've never had an office, uh, I've never had a patient have a problem in my office with that. Uh, but I know it does happen. It happens, uh, I, I really wanted to learn about it. I was uh, summoned by the state of Utah to um, participate in a pre-litigation panel. So basically what happened was there was, there was a, a chiropractor and a patient, the patient came in and he got adjusted. He had a full exam and everything. He didn't get x-rays because they didn't do x-rays at that office. Some offices don't do x-rays and, and some do. I, I think that x-rays are important, uh, but he didn't do x-rays. 
and the patient had uh, a, an event on the table right after his adjustment. And so he, of course, you know, he sought a lawyer and he was suing the chiropractor. To, to let that go to uh, trial, first it had to go through a pre-litigation hearing uh, to see you know, if the case had merit. If the case had merit, then it would have proceeded. I was called in as an expert witness. And basically it was completely random. It's not because I, I had special training or anything like that. I'm licensed with the state of Utah. They pulled my name out of a hat and they said, Dr. Erickson, we need you to come up here on this date um, or else you're gonna get in trouble. And so I was like, oh, I, I guess we're gonna go up and do that. So um, it was really interesting. We went up to, uh, I went up to the same building that the licensing board is in uh, or Doppel, the uh, uh, Department of Public Licensing, is in it's the same building, just a little room in there. And there was a nurse and there were a few lay people, people that didn't have degrees, and there were some uh, some other professionals. And there was the guy making the complaint and the, chiro and their, the chiropractor and their lawyers. And so it was really an interesting experience for me. And I wanted to go in prepared. So not only did I want to understand, you know, the physiology and, <clears throat> pardon me, understand really well the problem that is being faced by both sides you know i'm not a doctor because i don't care about people i want people to you know i just want people to get better i want people to be healthy and so i also took a personal interest in it because i'm a chiropractor <laughs> and if, if that sort of event happens in my office on my table then i want to know you know is there any way that i can mitigate that or what is the real deal with that and so uh i did some research and it didn't take a long time. You can study this. You can look stuff up online real fast. I actually have the uh, the affidavit of service. Uh, and this is several years ago. Um, yeah, 2014. So uh, April 2014. But there were there's some legal stuff that came with it just to say, okay, this is what this whole thing's about. And it showed me where to park and, and all that stuff. And I got background on the case itself. Now I'm not going to show that to you because there's some there's some confidential information on that that uh, that I'm not going to uh, divulge, of course. But there's a study. Uh, I believe this is the correct study. Yes. So it's a really interesting study. It's called Risk of Vertebro Basilar Stroke and Chiropractic Care Results of a Population-Based Case Control and Case Crossover Study. So it's a long title. Uh, basically, it's just saying, at what risk are you for uh, going to the chiropractor for having a stroke at the base of the neck or base of the skull? So what they did is, is in Canada, of course, it's socialized medicine. Now, the nice thing about socialized medicine is everything's trackable. Every single diagnosis is trackable. Every date of service is trackable. All of the events that people go to the doctor for receive a diagnosis code, and you can there's a huge database, of course, that everything goes into it. So what they did is there's a very particular diagnosis code for this, this type of uh, event, this type of injury or stroke. And so what they did is they looked, at, they looked up the frequency of those events over a certain number of years, and then they traced that to who was the, which, what type of provider uh, the person sought care from and then they basically said, okay, uh, is it more risky? Uh, did it, does it seem more risky going to the medical doctor or going to the chiropractor for this particular thing? Now, uh, I don't want to make this too complicated. I want it to be, I want it to be pretty simple, and it is fairly simple. What they found was, and this basically the uh, the statistics that they came up with, 
Um, the objective of the study is to investigate associations between chiropractic visits and vertebral basilar artery or VBA stroke and to contrast this with primary care physician or PCP visits and the same type of event. And so if that stroke happens, then they can trace it back to say, okay, what provider did they visit and how long ago? So really interesting. The, uh, the results, here's the first line. It says there were 118 VBA strokes hospitalized in a population of more than 100 million person years. So you can kind of average that out to see what the overall risk is. But 100 million person years was the how many the, the length of time ultimately those studied for for how many people uh, uh, they looked at. 118. Uh, let's see. Results were similar in the case control and case crossover analyses. So basically what it says, uh, the increased risks of VBA stroke associated with chiropractic and primary care visits is likely due to patients uh, with headache and neck pain from a VBA dissecting, dissection seeking care before their stroke. So ultimately what they found is that they traced them back and it was almost exactly the same number of people seeking care from chiropractors and seeking care from medical doctors. And then within two weeks, they had that type of stroke. So what's ha what happens is, and this is, uh, it, it's, it's all in the document, but what happens is if that artery has enough nasty stuff in it, like it's got placking and it's, and it's ready to swell, it's got a lot of inflammation in it, that's what weakens arteries. Arteries are extremely tough things. They're full of muscle and they're really, really tough things. And so by the time they're opening up and starting to split and dissect is what it's called, tear open, by the time that happens, there's been a long history typically. And so when it starts to happen, of course, there are nerves in that artery. And so if it starts to split open like that, it's gonna hurt. We're not used to feeling artery pain. And so what happens is the brain says, oh my gosh, your neck hurts. You have neck pain or you have a headache. And so it's referring pain. And so if you have a headache or neck pain, where are most people gonna go? They're gonna go to the doctor or they're gonna go to the chiropractor. Now we just talked about doctors and chiropractors. They're gonna go to the medical doctor, their primary care, or they're gonna go to the chiropractor. So what they found was that people sought care basically the same frequency. And so what they ultimately decided was, we found no evidence, this is the last, uh, last uh, sentence of the conclusion, we found no evidence of excess risk of VBA stroke associated with chiropractic care compared to primary care. So if people come across and they say, oh, chiropractors cause strokes, well, then they also have to come across and say, well, medical doctors cause strokes because it happens at the exact same frequency. And so what happened with this particular litigation, uh, pre-litigation hearing was that I went in and I, I pulled up this study and I had a couple copies of it. I had one in big text and one in little text and um, I had some stuff highlighted and I said, all right, because people started looking to me um, because I was the expert chiropractor. And so I said, all right, now I understand because they were pleading their case. They're saying, all right, this is what happened and there wasn't consent and all this. There was a lot of other, a lot of other details to this. And I said, all right, um, this is what, this is probably the clearest explanation that I can make for the incidence of chiropractic care and this type of stroke. And so I literally just passed the study around the table and the nurse, especially everyone was looking at this nurse. She, she was obviously experienced. She was a little bit older gal, obviously experienced and had a, a, a great amount of education. She spoke very, very well too. And so she obviously knew what she was talking about. And so she's reading through this and um, I can't remember everybody else. She, she made an impression on me for some reason. Um, but uh, there were some other professionals there and they, as soon as they, we started reading through this and I was like, this is what happened. And then they started 
coming up with things. And they looked at this, this particular gentleman's history and he smoked like two packs a day for like 40 years. <laughs> and that is a really high uh, risk factor, a really important risk factor for arterial disease. And so his lifestyle was terrible. He, he was making terrible lifestyle choices. And, you know, there was a lot, it, it, what it started to do is it started to shift this sort of blame that that's, that's all litigation is about. It's about blame. And so he says, all right, all the blame is on this chiropractor. Cause I went to the chiropractor with a headache. And after that, my neck or the artery in my neck started to go and I had to go to the hospital and he was regaining a lot of function. It, it was super scary. And I don't take anything away from that. It was a terrible event for him to have to go through, but immediately he's like, oh my gosh, this chiropractor. And of course you go to the ER with that. And the ER doc is going to say it was the chiropractor because he's never read this study. He doesn't know. And so he's going to say it's the chiropractor. And so you need to call a lawyer and, and, and get uh, litigation going. And so, uh, all of this, started this mindset of, oh my gosh, it's all the chiropractor's fault, started to shift to, well, we also have a study here saying that this is just going to happen. This happened, you know, they, they recorded 818 strokes out of a hundred million person years. And so, yes, it's an event that just does spontaneously happen. And we know that some people, when they get that, are going to go to the medical doctor and some people are going to go to the chiropractor and basically the results are the same. They're going to have that same event. And so it started to shift the mindset in the room onto his lifestyle. You know, is he taking care of his body in a way that his arteries should never have done this? And it turns out, no, he was not taking care of his body appropriately. And so, of course, things are going to break down. And that's a really important thing uh, that broke down for that gentleman. And, you know, when it really came down to it, of course, I have a lot of empathy for him. I didn't want him to have to go through that, but he did go through it. And if there's going to be blame assigned, it has to be assigned appropriately. Really, it should just be from, you know, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough uh, to move from that point going forward and just say, all right, that's cool. You know, there's going to there's be some anger and there's going to be obviously a lot of really strong feelings and, you know, some opinions thrown around that, that may not be super well informed. And so it turned out at the end of that particular uh, pre-litigation hearing that they said, no, this case doesn't have merit. And it was really interesting to me because it, it was actually the other healthcare professionals in the room and the, and the lay individuals that were making the call. And they're like, no, I don't really feel like this should go to trial. And of course, we all cast a vote. We all, all, of, all of us had, had an important vote. Um, but I also want to tell you that if I felt that the doctor was negligent, I would have been honest about it because you have to be honest about stuff like that. That's again, that's why I'm a doctor, because I care about people and I want people to get better. And so, you know, going through that experience was really important. That's why I've kept this file for, for so long. You know, it's basically exactly the same as the day that I brought it home from that pre-litigation hearing, because that was a really important turning point for me uh, to say, you know what? Sometimes bad things happen. I'm going to do the very best that I can to be as specific as I can and not wrench on people's heads and just be very specific about the way that I adjust the spine. So, and that's been a very important turning point in my career because that actually um, that specificity, that, that Im improved ability to adjust exactly what needs adjusting got better and better and better over time. And so, and that's really helped me, uh, get better results for my patients. And so this thing was super scary for me to go to. I was terrified, but having been through the, uh, uh the experience and being able to look back on it now, six years ago, uh, six or almost seven years ago, what a powerful, uh, turning point for me. And so, um, you know, as far as other dangers, so the myth is that chiropractic is dangerous. And of course, we spent, I just spent a lot of time talking about stroke. 
Um, because I think there, there are a lot of misconceptions where, oh man, my aunt's cousin's, you know, brother-in-law, uh, I know he went to a chiropractor and then they had a stroke. And, and those, I've heard those stories before. And it's like, well, I don't know anything else other than what you're telling me. And so have, having real information from a, a very, very well uh, looked into study, a, very, a really deep study, um, gives me a lot of confidence as far as that goes, that I'm not going to hurt people. Uh, the people basic people generally are hurting themselves. It's a lifestyle thing. And so what I can do to mitigate the risk is just be as specific and gentle as I can in, in my adjustments, which I always, always try to do, and then just take care of people to the best of my ability. And so um, as far as other dangers with chiropractic, uh, I have heard of chiropractors breaking ribs, um, people that are just really super heavy handed. Uh, it's possible, I guess, to sprain and strain. I've had some really, really rough adjustments from other chiropractors before. I hate that. Um, I've had chiropractors, it just feels like they're trying to re remove my head from my body. And I just don't think that's appropriate. It's not necessary to use that much force. Uh, again, more, the more specificity I have, the gentle I can be. <laughs> so that's really, those are really my goals uh, when I'm adjusting people. Now that, that brings us to the next one here. I'm trying to think if there are any other real dangers with chiropractic. Really, it's just, you know, if the, if the doc is just too rough. Um, if you've been in a car accident and you go to somebody who's really rough, you can just, you know, it, you can just tell. I've had people get stiff and sore after an adjustment. That's not that's not an injury. Uh, that's a, a lot of times we're just breaking up scar tissue and the body. That's just the body's natural um, uh, healing taking place and, you know, inflammation, natural body processes going on. Um, if you feel like there are other questions you have on dangerous, let me know. I'd love to uh, I'd love to talk, uh, speak more to those things. And that, but that brings us to the third thing, which the third myth, which adjustments are painful. So, like I said, I've had very painful adjustments before. I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Um, I had one gal, oh man, she left me a review. And I remember uh, exactly every, every moment of that adjustment where I adjusted her neck and she was so locked up and she'd been, I looked at her x-rays and I was like, oh my gosh, you have so much damage in your neck. It's just been sitting in there. And getting worse and worse over the years without appropriate movement, things just degenerate and we get scar tissue and everything just starts trying to fuse together. And her neck was just kind of a horrible sight on the x-ray. And so I went in that first adjustment and I was like, boom, and it, it released. And I was like, that's great. And she said, ow. And I was like, I am so sorry that that hurt. I hate it when neck adjustments hurt. And she went home that night. And I guess I didn't explain well enough the reasons why. And she went home that night. She never came back. And she left me a review that wasn't very positive. And I get it; it's not fun. But sometimes there are situations where, if you let you, if you neglect that body for so long, you know, it takes a little bit of a little bit more work to get it moving properly. Sometimes it's less comfortable. But um, I don't know if uh, adjustments uh, painful. A lot of times it's just you know put, getting put in the wrong position or you know being twisted too hard or you know being pushed on too hard. Um, those kinds of things. And really you have to find a chiropractor that, uh, that you love, um, to go to somebody who's, uh, I prefer somebody who's gentle because I don't need my head torn off. I'm easy to adjust. I have patients that literally say, adjust me as hard as you can. And I'll give them what I got. And they're like, no, just a little bit more. Um, but that's not typical, uh, for people that come in here. Most people just want to have a nice, quick, specific adjustment and then get on with their day without being like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling pretty rough after that adjustment today. All right. Fourth one. Now we're getting a little bit longer than my other podcast here. I'm going to see if I can push through here. Uh, the fourth one is once you start going, you have to go forever. 
Now I'm going to be honest with this. I don't understand where this came from <laughs> and I don't understand the mentality or the physiology behind that. If somebody can explain to me the physiology of why once a joint starts moving better, that you have to continue to get adjusted for the rest of your life, like it's a law of nature, then let me know. I'm not really sure how exactly how that works. Um, but that's kind of the myth that I, I've, I've heard that before, but I, man, I just don't know how that would work. I guess it loosens up the joints. We want our joints to be mobile enough that they can get through a normal range of motion and an adjustment just takes it just a teeny tiny bit past that normal range. It's called the paraphysiological space. That's when we get that cavitation pop sound. Uh, people call cracks and stuff, but, uh, or a click. And that's all an adjustment requires. And so if we do that, we release some of the pressure in the joint and it's a big reset in the nervous system. We'll talk more about that in a later video, uh, later podcast, but, uh, I don't understand. So please let me, if you have some insight on that, please let me know. Uh, the last one's chiropractic is expensive. This is the last myth. Now expense is relative. So, you know, feel what you want to feel about that. And I don't, I don't have any, any problem with, uh, with people saying, yeah, you're too expensive when I come to you and, and you want me to come a bunch of times. Well, and this, this is kind of where things uh, uh, are up to the individual. You know, not only can somebody say, well, I don't want to come in this many times, but I just want to, you know, uh, if we find a, a problem that really needs a lot of attention, a lot of adjustments to get through and rehabilitate, well, it just is what it needs. It needs what it needs. But if, if it's hurting, you're like, well, I don't want to do that necessarily, uh, the plan that you recommended, but can I come a few more times till it feels better? Yes, absolutely. Well, then it's not so expensive, right? Because you're treating that like an investment. It's an investment to get rid of your pain. How much would you pay to have your pain go away? And then on the, on the same side, the same side of the token, how much would you pay to never have this problem again, right? Is that a cost or is that an investment? Is it easier to adjust a baby, you know, a couple of times? Is that expensive or is it more expensive to adjust an adult a whole bunch of times because it wasn't resolved when they were a baby? And so again, you know, it's, you want a little bit of hard now or a lot of hard later, <laughs> um, but uh, expense is all relative. Uh, there are cheaper chiropractors than me for sure um they don't a lot of times you're not going to see the same level of detail same level of uh, precision and specificity and the same amount of experience with you know what i do and so i take a lot of pride in what i do and i'm, I'm i i believe that i'm very good at it um and so i cost what i cost if people want to go somewhere else that's great i know there are chiropractors that cost a lot more than i do and so i believe that i'm also a very good value so chiropractic being expensive is all relative it's all in what you want to accomplish if it's uh if it's just about today and you just want to spend a little money then just spend a little bit of money if it's about you know growing old and, and being very highly functional throughout the rest of the uh, uh rest of your your life then you know yeah it can cost a little bit more but again i consider that to be an investment um cost is about spending money uh, for no reason, uh, but investment is about uh, spending money for a great reason. So anyway, that's five. If you have any questions or uh, questions, I always say questions or concerns, let me know. <laughs> if you have any questions or if you have any opinions on stuff like that, let me know. Um, I'm going to be posting this video uh, pretty quickly here and just uh, post up in the comments below. And it was great talking to you about this. We have another one that we're going to do a little bit later and about five more myths. And we'll see how the uh, how this one goes and how we feel about that. But anyway, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, Timfy Chiropractic, office number is 801-762-6940. That'll get you to the front desk. You can also email 
tempviewreception at gmail.com, really simple. Or you can just look us up on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash tempviewchiropractic. Uh, we'll try to get a little bit more active with our Instagram, which is at tempviewchiropractic. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you soon.